Welcome back to another episode of the Shift Drink Podcast. I'm Ed Rudisell, and we're a little late on this episode. So uh, if you haven't been following me on social media, I've been dealing with a lot of uh, tonsil issues, and I've been sick a lot this year. And so in about a week, I get to um, have tonsils out. That's going to be a lot of fun. And so um, apparently not so so great at my age. So if you'd see me on a, on a few week hiatus, you'll know why. Um, but today we are revisiting Joshua Gonzalez, who's been on the show what, a couple couple times before. Yeah, I think uh, this might maybe my third. Yeah, time. last time I know we talked about mental health um, and sobriety in the business, but um, yeah, well then we did the I did the I guest hosted with uh, oh that's right when Don, Don Lee yeah with that's Don right. Lee yeah. yeah and man I I was actually just talking to uh, one of his bartenders last night about doing a pop up event at the Inferno Room and. Uh, Existing oh, conditions, man, is yeah, that'll be dope. It's so fucking amazing. I love that bar so much. It's the uh, it's the cocktail nerd bar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is, but it doesn't feel like that. Like when you're just sitting in there, it's super chill. It's cool, cool location in there in, in Greenwich Village. And um, did you ever go to uh, Booker and Dex when it was? I didn't know, man. So I don't have that to compare it to. Right? Yeah, Booker was. Like, you you saw all the things that were occurring. You know, at Booker, right? Like if you've never been in there and you saw the the David Arnold books. You saw whatever was occurring on Instagram, on social media, Facebook, the drinks they were putting out. But then you went in there and it was like, what? Like, where are they doing all of this? Yeah, it was yeah, this yeah. little tiny space. It wasn't right. even really like a bar. Uh, it was just kind of like, uh, you know, there's maybe six seats at the bar top and then another maybe dozen. See, that was what was really surprising to me about existing conditions is the place is pretty damn big, especially for New York. And not only that, but considering where it is in New York and Manhattan. Um, but uh, Garrett, that... Um, one of the bartenders and huge tiki file like we run into him at you know tiki oasis and all that and you can definitely see some of the things he's real excited about on the menu like you know you see some don's mix and stuff but yeah um so speaking of don lee when when we had him on the show when you and i sat and talked with him he talked about like all the cool sciencey like cocktail nerd stuff mm -hmm. goes on behind the scenes totally true like i mean you're just sitting at the bar and the only thing that you can really see is like the hot pokers you know like yeah, they got yeah, those yeah. glowing which was fantastic last time i was there because it was in february in new york so yeah. we so said the hot the, drink was a must we sat right in the middle of the bar so yeah, you could get yeah. the emanating heat coming yeah. off no of that's cool things. man that's a cool thing that they brought back i'm glad they were able to to make that happen it's one hell of a that's presentation a, oh, i'll tell sure. you that man yeah. they jammed that into i mean can you imagine though like back in the you know 1780s <laughs> no. at a tavern with a <laughs> Freaking hot, like pewter mug, and yeah, uh, I'm like sure it was a little a bit less flip. safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you just opened a bar, man. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know why I did that. Again. Yeah, I don't. Man, I'm with you on that, right? <laughs> uh, but I mean, though, like you know, we're I, an investor with yeah Thunderbird. I, mean, yeah. I don't see you very often, you know, because we're busy. Well, and, you've got four of these things. Uh, you want to buy one more? <laughs> Two more? Three more? Four <laughs> no. more? I want to get 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 a break, get a day off. Uh, well, I get apparently get one with my surgery. I'll get, I'll have a. Few well, little, well, just like you, when you sing, you have four. You know, we've been in business. What well, this is actually our third week. Today is week three. Oh wow! Um, I don't know how the fuck you do it. Like, how do you do four? <laughs> because two is uh, it's uh, insane, man. For me, for me, the jump from one to two. So nobody told me the math. The math doesn't fucking work the way it does in elementary school. Like. One plus one equals two. Like you think, oh, well, I'm caught up. I'm running one bar or restaurant and I feel comfortable. I've got some extra time. I 
think that I could do one more if I, and I could double my work. And nobody told me that one plus one equals like 70. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they, I thought I was going to be doubling my work and when in fact it was actually like 10 times. Yeah. But the difference between one to two and then was great, but between two and three wasn't quite as, like at that point you kind of had a system on how to yes, like yeah. divide and conquer a little bit. Now I say that having, I'm still putting in 100 hour work weeks oh, for know, sure. at yeah. minimum, but it, it does teach you a whole different set of skills of like delegation and figuring out, you know, your priorities. Mm -hmm. Like, is it necessary to be the guy making every single drink or is it necessary to be the person hosting? Again, I say that after 11 years, I'm was still hosting today. <laughs> well, yeah, know? I, mean, I was running years, food, busting tables today, you know. Yeah, Fiber's in a Thunderbird and I host every Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, I like that part of it as well. It's, no, it's, it's when I'm, yeah. when I have to do it, it gets hard, you know, um, because we're so short It gets hard when I, when I have to bartend because I don't know how to fucking bartend anymore. So we just did a TV spot for the Inferno Room earlier this morning. And so um, Chris asked um, if I would do the interview part and he would make the drinks. Mm -hmm. And I said, anybody that's a regular here is going to know immediately that this is bullshit. I'm like, because <laughs> I'm typically over at the Thai restaurant yeah. and he's never behind the bar. Yeah, you never bartending. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I was like, they're going to be like, this is totally just irrepresentative of, of the whole concept. Yeah. But you went in a completely different direction. So you're talking yeah. about being behind the art. And that's why I wanted to bring you on because like you're well known. You've, I mean, you've been to world-class nationals. Um, you've, you know, you don't really compete anymore, but we actually, no, that's no. what we did. We talked about competitions way back in the day. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. We, we talked about world class. Yeah, yeah, world class. Um, that was yeah, God, that's like, right. Maybe I forgot all about that, man. Second or yeah. third episode in. That was a long time ago. I think we're 70 some odd episodes in Yeah, now, that's so. awesome, man. Good um, for you. But that you kind of don't do that anymore, but you know, you were known as kind of, I know we all hate the word mixologist, mm -hmm. but you know, really like the putting on the white, making sure you're not dripping, just like yeah, the yeah. total, like the Julio Cabrera kind of like, let's show how much of a badass I can be kind yeah, of bartender. Yeah. And like you're, I was one of you're the, branding Jailbird, your new place Jailbird, uh, in a completely different way. Totally different. Yeah, yeah. Complete not that thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, you know, no, you know uh, when I got back into this game, you know, I don't know, 10 years ago, bartending, um, you know, with uh, with Neil over at Pizzology and at Libertine and Ball and Biscuit and Thunderbird, um, and then having the ability to compete at, at a high level and, you know, that, at that point in time, six, seven years ago, having the opportunity to kind of test my mettle against those guys, yeah, uh, man. the Jeff Bells, the Julio Cabreras, the Steve Schneiders, that was a totally different time, like mm -hmm. in the in the scene, and uh, it was much more intimate. Um, it was uh, it was so small, and and everybody kind of knew everybody, and there was a really there was a real nice camaraderie that existed, um, and it was just a, it was just a, it didn't feel as um, manufactured maybe mm -hmm. as things do now. Um, and then, you know, running the business, running, th opening Thunderbird, kind of doing a lot of the bar work for like the first two years and then kind of getting in a place where we had a, a really competent bar team and, um, realizing that, okay, I'm 40, 41, 42 is my place best served behind the bar. Um, probably not. Nobody really wants to come see me anymore. You know, like my name doesn't really have much recognition for a lot of the younger people that are walking through my doors. Um, they're coming to see Joey, they're coming to see Val, or like here, you know, people are coming to see, you know, they're coming to see Eli, they're coming to see Eric. Yeah, they're um, coming they're for coming to see Nikki. They're coming yeah, for the yeah. scene. Then, so that's one of the things that, like, I, I think that I've we've seen because you've touched on it. I think you hit the nail on the head, and you know, five years ago, six years ago, in the scene, 
and I've talked about this a lot about the food scene because you know with all the chefs we talk about it like I feel like the days of the of the star tender and the days of the rock star chef the the ability to just open a place on your name alone it's that gone, was gone like, yeah, half, that gone. that ended six seven years ago like that was at a time where there were you know, an infinite number of television programs, mm -hmm. you know, about bartending, about, well, less about bartending, but more about like cooking and, you know, who watches Top Chef anymore, who watches Food Network yeah. anymore. All those things have faded away. But during that time, so many yeah, people Yeah, it was like opened. the peak of it, right? right. And, you know, the, bar the bartenders never really got as much of that right. uh, celebrity status as the chefs did. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was all kind of in that but, peak, And that was also that before era. restaurants were expected to have a, yes. a, a cocktail list that Nobody was had equal. a drink program. Nobody, you know, it was like, it was, it was wine, you know, right. high-level wine programs. Mm -hmm. Uh, and guests weren't really coming to bars or coming to restaurants for cocktails. Right. They were coming to restaurants for wine. Uh, so it was a different, totally different thing back then. But now, you know, as the scene progressed, uh, as I grew up, um, I kind of, I'd say about two years ago, started recognizing, I'm like, all right, cocktails have become very ubiquitous. Uh, so now every restaurant that opens has a cocktail program. Uh, they have a nice wine program. They have a nice beer program. They might even have a coffee program, right? Like that seems to be like the, the you have to check all those boxes when you open a restaurant now. Um, and the unfortunate thing about that is that it, it becomes the ubiquity sort of um, dilutes the specialness and the yeah. uh, can, can dilute even you know the skill level of uh, the people that are operating and the people that are uh, creating those programs. Um, because and then and then as you have the explosion of the of the food and beverage scene, like we have here in uh, in Indianapolis over the last three or four years, I mean new restaurants every right. weekend, right? Um, I mean honestly everywhere, you every, know. Yeah, I mean, everywhere. God, you new can't York, even Chicago, keep track. You know, Louisville, every, everywhere's got and everywhere's experiencing that same kind of problem of mm -hmm. is there a little bit? Of, you know, I, I've I've been telling my staff for the last couple of years. I'm like, look, there's we're in a space where. I think we're seeing a little bit of a food fatigue, a little bit of cocktail fatigue. Oh, for um, sure. And I, I mean, think there was, you know, when, when I was conceiving Jailbird, uh, almost two years ago, a year and a half ago, when we started kind of having the conversation, it was like, I want to do nothing like anybody else is doing. I want zero cocktails. You know, I, I don't, it's not for foodies. It's not for cocktail nerds. Uh, it's for everybody else. Because uh, there's a lot of those people that just want to go have a drink somewhere. And mm -hmm. If you go to Mass Ave, like you're hard pressed to find a bar. Mm. You yeah, know? everything's a restaurant now, yeah. and they're like a part of a large group. Yeah, and they um, got a hostess, and they've got a you know like, is there anywhere I can just sit down and watch a game on TV and have a have a bud? Right. Not really. Yeah. You know, you, you know, it's the, the only ones that are surviving. You know, you've got a few McNibbins, Chatham, Mass Ave Pub. I, I think one of the issues that I've had in with this explosion, I mean, it's fantastic, and I'm not going to shit on that whatsoever because no, it's, it gives it's us an opportunity to do cool shit. Well, and it allows me to like always guarantee that I'm I can get a good drink wherever I go. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter if you end up in the middle of like bumfuck Iowa, you're going to be able to get yourself a fantastic craft cocktail. Yes, but I'm kind of getting the fatigue of of the the constant every month we've got a new cocktail program or a new cocktail list, and you know that's why you know in Inferno Room we went ninety percent of the of the list is classics, classics now yeah. they're classics maybe people don't know about i mean yeah. skull and bones is you know a, a 70 year old drink but maybe people don't necessarily know what it is but um you but not only that we're not changing the menu constantly we're about ready to go through our first menu flip and it's been nine months almost 10 months before we're making any changes because i think people are now kind of 
the newness of everything changing all the time is wearing off and people are now wanting consistency. Like you've got to go to Thunderbird because they make the best chicken. If the chicken disappears, then everybody's like, well, that sucks. I came here for the chicken. I mean, people come to Thunderbird for old fashioned margaritas. Mm -hmm. You know, we outsell our specialty drinks by two to one on those. Which is great. I, those are easy to make, and <laughs> right, you know, it don't cost me that much, and uh, and uh, I can I can push those out at volume easily. You know, it's the the specialty drinks that are a little bit more involved, and the prices associated with them are higher. And um, I think we've done a good job at Thunderbird of maintaining a lower price point than anybody else in the city on on, on craft cocktails, and still putting out really quality ones and creative ones. Um, but yeah, like we, I always we, say with with any bar. Um, it takes a little while for at least a year, maybe two, to kind of figure out who you really are because you go in thinking you know what the place is going to be, but then you have to be receptive to what the place yeah. and the clientele tells you it is. And I think it took a little bit longer with Thunderbird, but like I think I feel like in that third year, it was very clear that it was the neighborhood bar. Yeah, we kind of just in year three, year four. Yeah, yeah. and now you're five years in. And but even then, like I'm like, okay, it's time to retool. Like we, you know, like it's been five years, like. You know, uh, we've got to get back in people's faces a little bit. And uh, we've had a lot of changes in staff as, you know, some people moved to Jailbird and everybody that's been there with me for almost two and a half, three years now, my front of house staff. So that's kind of when you start seeing people shift out, move sure. around. And I've got a, you know, a person that's taking over the bar program at Kingdom, which is awesome. And so we're going to have a new, like some new energy coming, which I'm excited about with some new servers. Well, at the same time, trying to, trying to, it always uh, works like that. Trying to run uh, a three week old business. So at Jailbird, you said you were kind of running in the opposite direction of like trying to yeah, like wanna, the, the pretentious. And, and like literally running bar. in the opposite direction of food and drink and mass F. So like on, yeah, what, what are the kind of drinks that we're going to find on the menu? You over, uh, I haven't been in yet. I, I, that, I feel bad even fucking saying that. No, man. dude. Uh, I, I haven't had a day off other than you know to recover from my you know swollen tonsils. Yeah, I mean the last two months I haven't done much. I think the furthest north I've gotten is sitting in Inferno Room right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, welcome yeah, to yeah. the north part of the city. Yeah. We, you've made it four blocks north. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> four blocks north of four blocks north of uh, Thunderbird. Uh, no, so yeah, the concept-wise, there was like I, I wanted some place that was uh, very inclusive. Um, I wanted a, a spot that uh, was not um, didn't require a guest to come in, look look at the menu, and freak out about what these ingredients means, what these strange words are. Right. What's chinar? What's falernum? You know. Um, what's <laughs> orja? You know. I, I uh, laugh because the one the fucking complaint that we get constantly in front of room is we went old school on the menu descriptions. It's just like try this. Yeah, you and avoided you, all those. Yeah, things, and we put right? little yeah. stories and yeah. blurbs instead of ingredients, and everybody hates it. <laughs> like everybody's like, do. what yes. the fuck? What's in it? How's the how's anybody gonna know what's in the drink? It's like yeah. have a little sense of adventure or yeah, grab something. we Who gave cares? up the new, the new menu has You're all drinks so it. now we're just going to trade the question of like well what the fuck's in this drink to what's orja what's valernum yeah. oh yeah that's what's madeira right. we'll just put gin and rum <laughs> i know right you know, like you leave all that other stuff out well with black magic we don't share the recipe because we got it in in confidence from someone that had the um, the correct black magic recipe from my kind. Well, you put a little and secret, so the literally recipe that sounds cool. We put rum, juice, spices. <laughs> like that was it. That's all like, you need. Yeah, that's all you need. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Jailbird, I mean, the you know, it's uh, I hate to say we have a cocktail menu because not necessarily we've got a um, uh, a Greyhound which. You know, f- is uh, we we put on specifically for the University of Indianapolis. Right. So you're across the street. We're right from- across the street from you, Indy. Yeah. Yeah. Right across the street. Uh, so again, that was kind of a strategic, you know, spot to to put the bar, and and again, kind of drove the concept uh, because I wanted a place for the kids to hang out, and kids don't care about 
you know, Chinar. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, um, yeah. So we've got uh, a, a Greyhound is a, you know, a, a forgotten classic, uh, which is just uh, vodka and grapefruit juice. Yeah, man. Um, we've got that. We've got Amaretto Sour. We've got a White Russian. Top selling drinks, surprising for me, are uh, we've got a Southside Fizz, which is, a, again, a, an homage to the Southside. Uh, and that's just a gin mojito, uh, and we sell those like uh, wildfire, and then whiskey sours and old fashions. It, it, like I didn't expect that. I thought it was going to be uh, you know margaritas and white Russians or something like that. But it's I have to come in and get a white Russian. Man, I'm a still a sucker for a so white good, Russian. Man. I love I a know. white Russian. Every time a money gun in Chicago because they've got the, all the old oh, the old school drinks, drinks. yeah, squirrels yeah, and, and all I those. Yeah, always always get a white Russian there. Yeah, grasshoppers. Yeah, uh, we were tempted to put a grasshopper on. I was going to ask yeah, you. Yeah, but yeah, the, you know we don't. We actually we don't sell many that's white a tough Russian drink, man. I, yeah, I that's threw like a, pretty heavily on one of those when no I was in my twenties. No one's like going to be excited about yeah. ordering a creme de menthe. Right, creme de menthe. Creme de cocoa and yeah. like cream. And cream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yuck. yeah. And then just, uh, uh, you know, every, everything's there was uh, kept to a minimum. So our back bar's tiny. We've got maybe 30 bottles of booze oh, cool. on the back bar. So everything is pretty much being used. It's, the, it's a, a uh, it's an ingredient that's on the back bar because it's used in a cocktail. Uh, or ish. I or, mean, or, or, or a back bar that you would see in an old school bar. So, I mean, we've got Seagram 7. I've got Cuddy. You know, like oh, right Malibu. Um uh, beef eater gin. Um, we're, we're putting products on there that are maybe not necessarily sexy anymore. Right. Um, but so this sounds to me like these are a lot of the kinds of things that you would find in a dive bar. Mm -hmm. That's you know, and I I know you, and I know that you're not doing this ironically. Like no, you not know, at all. Yeah. Um, that's that seems like a, a tight line to walk so that it's you don't yeah i'm sure there's going to be somebody on yelp already that's like whatever oh, they're just have... trying to build a dive bar you can't do that oh yeah i, I had a uh a guest tell me it was uh an attempt at a pretentious dive bar um <laughs> and i was like i don't even know what that means but, and I, I can't like the thing too is like i told him like i can't make a dive no you know, like right. i just opened a bar yeah like you can't cultivate a dive because <clears> that takes Fucking and that's what I was getting at, right? Decades, like it just takes you know? forever to yeah. have, you yeah. know, it becomes what it becomes. Yeah, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna be a dive because it's been around forever, and you know, nobody really cleaned it. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you know, we short uh, list of products. Our beer cans are minimal. Draft lines minimal. Um, you know, we crush. I mean, we're just selling a ton of Coors Original, Budweisers, and Miller High Lives. Um, a lot of shots of bourbon. So pictures of your bar top. Speaking the bar of top's up. awesome. We took a bunch of uh, Bud label, Budweiser labels um, from like bottles. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the bar's, bar's long. Bar's about, I don't know, 16, 18 feet. Wow. Um, and uh, we laid those down in, on the base and then poured epoxy on top. So the entire bar top is just a... a, a Giant Budweiser label, essentially. A, a label collage? A label collage of Budweiser. How the hell do you get that many Budweiser labels? Uh, Joey found them online for like, oh, really? for, like, for like 2,000 of them for like 20 bucks or something. They were just like somebody a, a like stack. The, did they, quote, fall off the truck and somebody get, put yeah, it on eBay? Have, yeah, right. some guy was like sneakily sold them. I was going to say, I don't think Budweiser's selling no. their labels yeah, outright. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he bought them. I think he bought them on eBay. Yeah. No, that's super yeah. cool, man. I was So have you, how has the reception been for like um, the this community around you? Because it's an interesting area of the city because you've got a private you know university private across university the street area, yeah, yeah. but then a lot of the other surrounding area is an area that's still um got a pretty low medium income um yeah, yeah so you know you've got the university heights neighborhood surrounding the university itself you've got uh crown heights which is just kind of on the north end of the campus um and then you're you know but we're not far from greenwood 
Sure. Uh, we're not far from Beach Grove. Um, and, Crown Heights. Uh, I'm trying to think. Is that where? Is that heading into Garfield Park or? That's no, it's it's really just kind of like like Troy, like you know, where, like south right, of where Troy, the church's chicken is. Yeah, yeah, like oh that little God. area. Where's the chicken place? I'll have to use that as the yeah, landmark. Yeah, so that little area on the kind of uh, east of that church's chicken, and then then south towards okay. campus is right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, then Garfield Park's right there. Well, um, we just and I saw. I mean, that that area has really grown a lot, and and I. I wanted to be part of it for a long time because I really wanted, there was a, a bowling alley across the street. Yeah, this the was like right after there, right? Uh, Brooklyn Bowl mm -hmm. opened. I was like, that's genius. I fucking want to do that. And that place had gone out of business and went out for sale. I just didn't have the money. I couldn't find an investor to, to take over that building. It's now a Books and, and Brews, Brews. Yeah. which we just had Jason, uh, the owner of Books and Brews on the show uh, a couple, well, couple episodes ago, but now there's been a little time because of my throat in, yeah, in yeah. between yeah, time-wise, so there, but there are neighbors that's just a really street, cool, yeah. um, that's a cool location. And, and the, you know, the university itself is, um, investing a ton of money in that, that corridor. So I think they've got like a hundred mil in building projects over the next two or three years. Oh, wow. So within, within two years, we'll be on campus. I mean, there'll, there'll be, a. I think the long-term plan within the next few years is to build a nursing school right across the street from us. So um, <laughs> it'll be... Uh, so you can become an alcoholic on one side of the street and get yes, treated for cirrhosis yes, on the opposite exactly. side of the street. Yeah, yeah so if the kids uh, you know, get a little too crazy... The, the, the night before, they can walk on over and get an IV. Right. Have yeah. you actually been getting the kids in, or has it been a lot well, of industry? So because obviously, when you open a new place with a name that you've got, yeah. like you're going to get the industry people that are like wanting to check it out. They're mm -hmm. curious, regardless of how far away mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. So it's been a, a surprising uh, mix of uh, of people. So I was, you know, we wanted to try to get open in in uh, March to capture uh, the students before they left for uh, the summer. Oh right. Yeah. This is a terrible time to open a college bar. Yes. Yeah. There's no one on campus. Um, but Luckily, uh, there's still a decent amount of kids on campus that are living in the residence because there's so many residences right. down there now. Uh, the dorms are huge. I think it's got like 600 dorms there now. Plus, the university just bought another uh, apartment complex off of like Keystone, I think, and they're they're using that as student housing now. They're re renovating it. Um, I mean, so, the beautiful thing is that you really are in downtown Indianapolis. Yeah, you know, we've got far. two universities. Like one's in the middle of the city. The other yeah. one's what? You know, like three miles south. Not of, even. Yeah. yeah. So we've got a ton of kids coming in. There's a lot of athletes, student athletes that are still living on campus. Um, most of our daytime traffic is uh, faculty and admin from across the street. Oh, so you guys are opening at uh, during yeah, the daytime lunch time as well. Yeah, really. Yeah, I would. I didn't expect it. And then uh, we also. I mean, I, again, I just. I mean, you're you're living that area. There's a just a ton of businesses there. Mm -hmm. Banks, warehouses. Uh, uh, yeah, it's kind schools. of almost a little industrial when yeah. you get into that air section as well. So, like I mean, we've already got one of our largest um, what, beer distributors. Is in, yeah, Zinc's in just right up the street. Yeah. So there's Zinc guys in every day. There's uh, there's a. I mean, we already got regulars coming in from a warehouse every day. The guy a couple times a week and he gets takeout, you know, four or five burgers and takes them up to his buddies at the warehouse. Um, so it, there's a, there's a lot of uh, of workers in that area. Uh, school teachers coming in. Um, bankers, that, you know, at the various banks that are around there that are coming in. So uh, I've been very uh, happy with the lunch business that we're doing there because that was a, an added bonus. And then at dinners, it's we get a lot of Southside, a lot of guys coming up from Longacre. Yeah. Um, so this is the precise reason that I, everybody always asks me um, why I live on the South Side, not on the North Side, the South Side. And I always say the reason I love the South Side is because it's blue collar. Yeah, it's um, blue collar, man. And, it's easy to relate and, to. And man. anybody that you do run into that has money on the South Side worked their ass off yeah, for it. They, they did not get it, you know, from their parents, their grandparents. They they didn't. Uh, 
you know, they're not a CEO of a company. It's like yeah. maybe a guy that owns a landscaping company and he busted yeah, his ass for ass. 25 years. And they he, all drive $60,000 trucks and they all yeah, boats exactly. and vacation in Florida. I mean, like there's... I don't necessarily agree with the politics of that side of town uh, very you know, often, but, not, but, you know. Well, let's be real here, though, too. They admit it. <laughs> well, that's true. You know what I mean? Right, it's that's true. It's not like the north side where they, we know what you voted for, you just pretending. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, we saw the statistics <laughs> yeah, in I saw, 2016. I saw what County did. <laughs> exactly, right. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, I can I can deal with that because it's not a, they're not hiding it. You know right, I mean? right. It's whatever. Well, it's funny. We I was recently in Washington, D.C., um, and... My now great friend Chris. Um, so, at the time that we aired the episode, um, uh, we we interviewed Chris, Hassan Franca, and and EJ Apaga, and EJ was the only person I knew at the time. Now Chris and I have become great friends. But it's a Middle Eastern cocktail bar in Adams Morgan in D.C. and um, it's become this very politically charged place because it's almost become this safe space for the Muslim community oh, yeah, within yeah. D.C. Within DC yeah. And so even people that don't drink, um, like even it's a place to like hang out. Um, during Ramadan, you know, after the hours are finished, I, I have to claim ignorance about um, Islam. I'm not a very religious person in any way, shape, or form, but it's just kind of interesting how those things happen, you know. Mm -hmm. And I can, I could certainly see where you're located in that side of town, like political conversations getting started in the middle of a of the bar with the uh, with the Southsiders and the hipsters. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it could get dangerous. It could get. Uh, no, but I mean, the crowds have been great. I, I've been really, uh, really happy. I mean, there's a there's a group of bikers that are rolling in every Sunday and. Uh, kind of making the rounds between uh, wherever they're heading, wherever they are on the south side, and they come like up the blue collar bikers or like the guys with patches. Uh, both. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I yeah. was like, because I saw that we've, I've seen a lot more hell angels hanging around lot, man, lately. They, they're in Thunderbird a lot, and there was a bunch of them in uh, in Jailbird the other day. But the the like the you know the 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 blue collar bikers that roll in with their Harleys and yeah. the tricked out Harleys and whatnot, and uh, we get a lot of those on the weekends, and um, it's been a, a you know then of course the uh, we've been. Um, very well received by the industry scene so it's like oh you know a who's who of bartenders and yeah that's what i was really curious about because it is an area of town that's been largely ignored unless you were attending the university of indianapolis yeah, and yeah. because the university was like kind of this weird little like island mm -hmm. around a, a, a pretty dilapidated neighborhoods yeah. um like I mean, said in crown heights you know has, has seen very little love for infrastructure and love in the city much like fountain square where we are now i mean we've talked about it numerous times in the show until you know, 2008, like th between the 60s and 08, the city just ignored it. Our yeah, infrastructure is sure. terrible. Every time the wind blows more than 10 miles an hour, all of our like communication lines go down, yeah. the phones stop working, yeah. you know. And so, yeah, like, you out. know, there was little reason to go to that area of town unless you were going to the university. Yeah. And I think uh, so, Rob uh, Manuel down there, the president, is a, a phenomenal fundraiser and uh, very progressive. So he, uh, it's it's a private university Methodist, but uh, he's sort of pulled back a lot of the restrictions. So really, it's no longer it's, a dry campus. I, I, I um, guess I didn't realize that. Yeah, it was a, it's a Methodist school. But I had no idea. Yeah, but it's, so it's no longer a dry campus. Um, he's uh, really expanding enrollment there. They're trying to go from uh, I think they're like 62, 6,300 students now. They're, Is it that small? Yeah, well, that's bigger than Butler. I mean, Butler's like. 4, oh, that's 000. true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's trying to get. Uh, I think he wants ten thousand in the next three years. They're really expanding their grad, their graduate program. They're building a nursing school. They've got some plans potentially with. Uh, it's a fantastic university. Oh yeah, it's great. Yeah, and I mean, there's been some pretty cool. Their I athletic mean, well, Adam Driver graduated from there. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from there. They've got great D two uh, Division two uh, athletics. Their football program was almost undefeated last year. I think they they only lost in the the championship game. Solid basketball program. Solid track program. 
Uh, their women's softball team is always phenomenal. Um, so there's it's just a, a, an audience that's been ignored. And, and, and not even specifically the university itself, but just that area of town. Yeah, definitely. Know? There's nobody really... Um, so when I had the, when I got a chance to go down there or, or started having the conversation, um, it was like kind of a no-brainer, you know, like why would I want to go to Mass Ave or Broad Ripple? For sure. Or even do something in Fountain Square mm-hmm. where... Uh, the rents have gone through the, the roof. The rents are crazy. I mean... Well, I couldn't afford to be down here anymore. I mean, no. like we got in here before it got to this high. There, if, these days, I, there's, I couldn't afford it. Yeah, you could. I mean, and what, what is Mass? Almost 40 a square foot Oh, these I think days, it's beyond that. Yeah. I mean, how do you do How do you do business? Sorry, New Yorkers. Yes, we're considering that expensive. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, 40 square foot is crazy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that really limits... I mean, you couldn't have black market on Mass Ave. No, if certainly not. Today. You know, no, be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, low overhead, uh, you know, the, the building was inexpensive, which our rent is, you know, really, uh, really manageable. So that building, man, so I'm, I've, I've known that horrors. building very well. So it's been, it used to be a used record shop. Yeah, Little Shop um, of Horrors. That always smelled like patchouli when you walked <laughs> in. And then it was like, yeah, Little Shop of Horrors is yeah. kind of an oddity, weird. Yeah, the guy had like, uh, you know, he sold like VHS tapes and comic books and old, yeah. old DVDs. But, so and, out of the back of it, though, was a meat distributor. Michael's Foods. Michael's yeah. Foods. And yeah. I know the owner of Michael Foods. He was in the other day. Uh, really well. And so um, when you told me that, I was like, wait a minute, that address sounds really familiar because I've been there to pick up, you know, a, a case of chicken or something, yeah. you know. Every now and again, when I was in a pinch, I'd, I'd, I'd call him up and drive down. And be like, hey, do you have a, you know, can you get me a yeah. case of this, case of that? Or he was um, in the bar having a having lunch there. And so it was it was very weird because I I couldn't imagine because it was just full of walk-in coolers. Yeah, the, the place was filled with walk-ins. So when it, when we uh, when we took possession of the property back like a back in May of last year, we went in to look at it and I was like, why do they have all these? <laughs> right. Just like a freezer, two walk-ins, this giant walk-in on the side of the building, like. What were they doing in here? Because I didn't, I didn't know Michaels was operating out of the back. I just knew it as a little shop, a little mm-hmm. shop of horrors. Um, and uh, I saw a little sign on the back there that said, deli- like, deliveries, Michaels Foods deliveries, back door or something. Mm-hmm. And I knew Michaels, you know, because we had ordered product from them at Thunderbird before. And I was like, was this like a, like the original facility or something? Like, this must have been where they were operating. Uh, and then sure enough, I, the, the owner was in uh, Monday or Tuesday having lunch and I was chatting with him and he's like, yeah, we rented the front out to the guy that had the little shop. And uh, So was we, it Mike, the older guy, or was it Chris, the younger guy? Uh, the older guy. Okay, so that, Mike, that's Mike. Michael, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, they also used to own um, Casa Miguel down in Greenwood, if you remember. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. Michael. Yeah, okay, okay. they owned Casa Miguel. They wanted the hell out of the restaurant business, but they'd all, all, always had the food distributorship. So... Um, and now it's been passed along to his son, Chris. Yeah, and he said his son purchased a warehouse a couple years ago. Yeah, they're moved down off of Troy somewhere, somewhere, I think, yeah, now. Yeah, I think or Raymond, Ray- Raymond Street, I believe. But, um, but yeah, so it ended up working out in our favor because we had this huge walk-in cooler attached to the building. And so when we were designing, I'm like, we're not going to have to chew up any, any square yeah, footage great, with man. a walk-in. Yeah, uh, So it gave us a lot more square footage to play with. How much square footage do you have on the inside? 2,200, I think, about 20. So it's pretty small. So one of my obsessions, and, and I... We talked about it quite extensively with Jim Meehan when he was on the show, but I just, I'm always fascinated with bar design, mm-hmm. you know, and I know you are as well. Mm-hmm. We talk about this all the time. Yeah. Um, and that's why I like Jim's books because it always has the yeah, blueprints. Yeah, it's got all those blueprints. It's a bars, lot of places yeah. that I've never been and I can yeah. see how they set things up. And we, we just did a pop up here at Inferno Room a couple weeks ago with uh, Will Alvarez and uh, Dimitri Duroca from DC. And they were like, ah, oh, I love your guys' setup. I'm like, cool, thanks, because we worked really hard at it. You know, we've got the Tobinella stations here though. So, but you with the like kind of shift in the way that you're approaching the cocktails and doing a lot of highballs mm-hmm. um, 
you know, whatever, to, you know, vodka sodas I mean, and rum and cokes and all no, that. That's like, the crazy thing, Ed, we're not. Yeah? No? No, I mean, that's what I thought we were going to do. So I bought, when we opened... I know that's what you intended, but so yeah. that's what's not happening. No. So when we opened, I bought, you know, a couple of cases of uh, well rum and like three bottles of Tito's. I was like, we'll see. I'll probably have to order a lot of Tito's. Dare I, I still ask what a well rum? I don't even know what a well rum is anymore. Bellows. I use Bellows. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, and then I bought, I was like, we'll probably plow through a bunch of Tito's. I'm just going to get like three bottles to get us through the weekend. And then right. I'll see how much we went. And, you know, cause I'm just trying to gauge, I'm trying to sure. like minimize my order and not spend a whole lot. Again, you don't know what the place no is until it tells you what it is. is. Yeah. And I still have those three bottles of Tito's. Really? It's been three weeks. You're kidding me. I barely re-upped my vodka. I've been blasting through gin and bourbon. It's insane. I don't, I don't even... And is that coming from students or everybody yeah, else? Yeah, I mean, so? the students that are coming in are drinking South Sides and Old Fashions and Whiskey Sours. Wow. And then all the industry kids that are drinking, you know, uh, Coors Originals and shots of bourbon. Sure. Uh, not even as much tequila as I thought we'd be doing. So are you becoming like a kind of industry late night spot? Yeah, for yeah. sure. We get hit like the, we, we always, you know, we have a really busy lunch. Our dinners are, are, uh, are decent. And then about uh, 10 o'clock to midnight, it's just like, that's the, the peak of our sales are hitting in that. Uh, that How late are you frame. open? Uh, midnight during the week and then three on the weekends. Okay. God, you're a glutton for punishment, man. I know, man. I, I'm just trying to figure out a way to not do that anymore. But of course, I'm spread with, with the different locations. Like at any given time, something's open. Except yeah. between the hours oh, shit. between yeah. the hours of 2 a.m. and 11 a.m., nothing Nothing's is open. open. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, but you we know, just went back to one day a week at Siam Square. I or not one day that. a week. What the hell am I talking about? I wish I could go to one day a week. We closed one day a week after 11 years. You know, my chef's 71 years old now. We, When we opened, we were just trying to get through the first five years of the lease. We definitely never planned on being there for a couple of decades. And we're over a decade in now. And chef's 71 and tired and needs to train people. And we just... We never have an opportunity to slow down enough to train. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, so, that business cranks, man. So we've got to, we just had to like, okay, we're going to have to just close a day so that she can work with some of the younger generation yeah. to continue yeah. on. Because obviously in another 10 years, she'll be 81. Yeah, she can't continue. Now, oh, I think she will. I, I, mean, I can't but make her take days take off. I can't, I'm like, I want days yeah, off. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, let's close for a couple of weeks, take a vacation. She's like, no. I'm like, oh, no, yeah, she's going to uh, do it, I'm going to do it, you know? Been the, uh, what am I going to tell a 71-year-old woman? You know, we're, <laughs> we're seven days a week there, so Thunderbird's closed Monday, so I've always had a day. Monday's usually I'll go in. Oh, I'll, you're seven days a week. Yeah, we're Have you learned nothing? There. Have you learned, learned nothing, nothing no, Josh? No. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, our Mondays are not, like, we had three of our, like, uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday were freaking nuts. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing, is so when we first opened 11 years ago, it was like, you know, we were opening on Sundays in a neighborhood where nobody hung out. You know, yeah, this was still yeah. a, a, a neighborhood that only had three restaurants total um, and one bar if you really want to count dugout all the way yeah, down yeah. there. And we opened on Sundays and it was, you know, crickets for a couple of months. And we we created, you know, this Sunday momentum. Uh, and then within a couple of years, of course, everybody was opening on Sundays as well. And it wasn't a ghost town anymore. But we, you know. We kind of made our bed, so yeah, now we have, that, to, have now to we have that. to deal with it because yeah, you, you know it. people expect us to be there, and and that's the thing there. When I was like, you know, we've got that that university there. There's there's uh, a lot of uh, faculty and admin there during lunch with nowhere to go. So I was like, right. let's just open seven days and we'll you know live with it. So I do the, the way I set the situation up. You know, so Joey came on as a partner, operating partner there, and then uh, uh, Calliope as well. So I'm there seven days a week. Yeah. At so lunch. we haven't talked about Cali yet. So. Yeah. Um, actually, Callie and I had a long conversation on the phone the other day. We were talking about delivery services. Uh, well, it was just it was DoorDash. DoorDash she called. DoorDash, DoorDash. Well, she had actually placed an order that we had screwed up, unfortunately. But she had only placed the order to test out to see how the system worked, which we actually both learned from it because we're pretty new to it as well. 
And um, and so I was like, well, this is great because I never get to see the user end. And so I'm like, well, why don't you make the complaint? You mm-hmm. know, let's do your food right and let's see what happens. And you text me the screen and I'll text you my screen and we'll figure out how this works together. Um, so it was great that I just happened to be the one to pick up the phone. And yeah, it was yeah, your yeah. partner, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but so Callie's... Like she's got some hellacious uh, experience as well, right? I mean, she yeah originally I mean, from here. Yeah, so um, I, I've known this her is a for... weird little si- aside that I asked her while we started texting the other day. Her cousin was a probably six day a week regular at my very first restaurant job I had, or first restaurant manager job I had when I was twenty three. Where, where? Um, uh, it was down in Greenwood at Buffalo Wild Wings. Okay, and because her last name is really unique, it's Greek, I believe. Yeah, Nikki. Um, and I remember that. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, I wonder if she's related to this guy. Yeah. She's like, yep, that's my big cousin. Yeah, she's got a bunch of cousins <laughs> on the south <laughs> yeah. side of there. Yeah. But so anyhow, um, yeah, so she was originally from here, but she spent time in New York, Nashville. Yeah, so I first met her. I mean, gosh, years ago, she used to bartend at a bar in um, Broad Ripple. There was I can't remember the name of it. It's uh, where the Broad Ripple Tavern, uh, or Broad Ripple Steakhouse used to be. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a bar up there, and uh, she, she bartended up there, and I dated her friend, and she hated my guts. Um, uh, for Probably still does. For good reason. <laughs> yeah, yes, for sure. It's all about um, business here, Josh. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, uh, she ended up started, she worked at Bluebeard. I think she was on the opening staff at Bluebeard, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And um, so we actually started becoming buddies then, and then she moved to... Um, I want to say she moved to San Diego for a while and then to New York and she worked at Nomad. Uh, yeah, I know she a, worked at Nomad, yeah. which, I mean, they make okay drinks, I heard. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Last yeah, time I was there, okay I bar. spent way too much fucking money. I was, oh, dude. I had to force that. We were actually like getting ready to go eat dinner at a Michelin star joint. I was like, we need to stop spending money here or we're not going yeah. to be able to afford dinner. Because their uh, Brooklyn <laughs> lagers are like $14. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> And you get but you know, for man, those cocktails are amazing, though. Yeah, man, they have a they have a really cool. If you've not been, they have a really cool, uh, um, like antique spirit list or something like that. Yeah. Where they, like, where they have like these really cool cognacs you can get. That they'll make like an old fashioned out of them. I mean, the bar um, itself is gorgeous. yeah, the bar is gorgeous. You, um, you you feel classy just sitting there. Yeah, it's a really fantastic place, and they operate at a really really high level there. Uh, Leo, uh, is, is he still running that, or is he down in LA now? I believe so. He's I think running everything. I okay. think he's high enough up. I don't really know him all that well. Um, uh, the guy that was running New York, he just recently uh, stepped down. Um, Pietro, I, I, don't I don't know if you went with that or that, Peter. Yeah. I, know, I met him a couple times, but all of our like nightly reporting sheets that we used to, for to share with management, um, I actually got from him. Like their Google forms. And oh, cool! I reached out to him and I was like, "Dude, you mentioned this in passing one time. We were chatting. I would love to get my hands on those." And he just sent me all of their templates over. So now we, oh, awesome. we've, we've integrated that into our restaurant. So we, it's easy for management to communicate, the bar staff and, and yeah, the yeah. management to communicate with each other um, at the end of every shift. And it's it's very much streamlined. I feel very happy getting, you know, uh, you know, some tools from, from such a high level, you know, somebody operating at such a high level yeah. there. And, and Nomad's fantastic. I mean, they've been nominated for every award and probably won every award. Oh, I'm sure they have yeah. won every single one of them. Yeah. So Callie was there. She was there, and then she worked at a couple of the joints. I want to say she was at Featherweight for a while, too. Uh, and then she was down in... Um, so she kind of had this, a similar path as I did in terms of working at these uh, high-level bars, executing at a high level, um, and then maybe not necessarily having the creative freedom when you're mm-hmm. under kind of a tutelage of like a Leo or something like that. Uh, then she went down to Nashville to open a, a hotel bar there. And um, I think uh, kind of experienced the same thing I did where she was like, this kind of sucks. Like this type of drinking is maybe limiting. 
you know, maybe it's uh, ex- a little bit exclusionary. Uh, and she just ended up, uh, I think, spending her the last year there um, slinging drinks at a music venue, uh, you know, just vodka sodas and beer mm-hmm. shots and kind of fell in love with that sure. style of bartending again, which everybody kind of, which that's what you come from, you know, that's everybody's sort of first experience in the, in the scene. Uh, Except actually hounds. these days, not, <laughs> not really these days. No, not yeah. anymore. No, yeah, now yeah. everybody's trying to run before they walk. Yeah. So, uh, you know, when I was telling her the concept for uh, Jailbird, she's like, you know, I want to come down there, and I think that is a, is a good vibe for me. And um, she broached it. She's like, do you want a partner, another partner in it? And we kind of talked about what that looked like and what that meant for the both of us and what that meant for Joey. And because uh, the plan was always to have Joey come down there, and uh, we just felt like it would be a good fit, and, you know, it wouldn't hurt to have another person that could give so she's there basically Sunday Mondays mm-hmm. uh, Joey's there um, Tuesday Saturday yes and then I'm there seven days a week lunches I do lunches there and then those guys are there at night running the running the night I mean so. I find that's the best way to do it that's why I've always done it I have great partners at, at each place I can't take credit for I mean I, I try to put the credit onto everybody else as much yeah, as I, I can I, because when there's two partners you have two people that are invested in it you know yeah. and so I've, I've found that that's the best balance, so you can't necessarily be told what to do all the time if you have, like, eight partners, you know. Yeah. You get the money guys coming in. get convoluted. And, and when you've got two partners operating, it's like, okay, let's split the – let's divide and conquer. Let's split yeah, the work up so no, neither one of us, you know, want to collapse I know, and die. I know Joey's never getting up at 9 in the morning. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? And that's, we know yeah, that from yeah, meetings. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> We've had years of experience for that. Uh, and I know that that's easy for me. I'm up at 7.30 every day, so it's not a big deal for me to run down there handle, handle uh, things uh, in the morning, then head to Thunderbird at you know three or four, because our lunches run themselves there. And, um, uh, I've got a good crew there that I don't have to, I don't have to babysit at lunch. So uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's been uh, a, a insane, like I guess six weeks really, uh, as we've gone into preparing to open and then open, but um, it's fun, man. I, I was, uh, we were kind of talking a little bit about mental health and going into that week was like, I had, I had like a breakdown. I had to call mm. Kelly. I was like, dude, I don't know if, what the fuck I'm doing. Like, is this the right decision? And she's like, what are you talking about? We open in two days. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, what it's too late by that yeah, point. you fucked up, well, that, that was the first time I ever had a panic attack that I really remember it being an actual panic attack, can't breathe, need the paper bag kind of thing was um, our very first soft open. I, up to that point, I always worked for somebody else, mostly yeah. chains, never yeah. done it on my own. And I was feeling pretty confident going up into the point at which somebody went to our point of sale system and punched in their number and hit clock it didn't in. work. Well, and hit clock in. And as soon as that, I was like, now it's ticking. Oh, yeah, man. And I was like, now I have $700 left, oh, and yeah. I don't know how I'm going to pay the rent in a month. I yeah. definitely don't know how I'm going to pay that guy's rent in a month. <laughs> yeah, you know? like, yeah, yeah. And then, the, you know, there's a line of people clocking yeah, in man. to do and our that, soft open, know, and I was freaking out because I'm like, I don't know how we're going to pay for any of this. Yeah. And, I mean, we got lucky, honestly. That that was luck. That was stupidity. What we did back then. Now I know better and never open with seven hundred bucks left in your account. Yeah, I mean but. that was the uh, the fear that I had too going in. We had there was some things that that occurred where we didn't get as much financing as we thought. Sure. And it, we found out like a month before we were going to open, and um, I was like, guys, I don't know what to do. Like we don't have yeah. what I think is the appropriate amount of funds to to move forward. Um, I think that's the boat, though. Yeah, I mean that's where we were in '08. You know, when we opened, but we're, uh, once you're that close, what do you do, right? Yeah, so we were, it, yeah. we, and our, the timing was amazing. We opened two weeks after Lehman Brothers failed. Um, the economy was crashing before our eyes. We had hardly any money left over, and the place was pretty much done. 
So what do we do? Wait out the economy? Yeah, how long is that going to take? Wait till we can save more money? How long was that going to take? Or just gamble and unlock the doors? And like, I mean, we really didn't have a choice at that point. We needed to be open. And yeah, and that was the, the situation we were in. I was like, we could push back a month, but I was like, that just means we have more bills that we're accruing. Mm-hmm. And we're further in debt. So I was like, fuck it. Let's just open. And um, we've been, you know, I projected very conservatively down there just because it's an untested area. Always, yeah. And um, we've been, you know, we're doubling that, those figures. And uh, granted, it's three weeks. So I'm being. Sure. Honeymoon period. Yeah. And that's what I was telling, you know, we had a meeting with, I had a meeting with the two of them today. And I was like, you know, I'm, I, I know everybody's really excited for, you know, how busy we've been. Um, but I'm going to be pra- pragmatic and like, we've got to get through July. Mm-hmm. That month always sucks. Yep. Um, so let's not start counting <laughs> right. chickens before they hatch. And um, but the blessing and the blessing is that you know there's not a lot of kids on campus, and we've been really busy. So that's great, man. Um, I think when the kids come back, then we can you know we should be able to uh, by that point you know in the next six weeks when they start getting them back on campus should be functioning at a pretty high level. And I, like we've I told Dale, I was like we've been getting by on adrenaline luck, so <laughs> it's time to start. You know, we've we've got a staff meeting on Monday to get everybody together and kind of like, all right, these are the these are the systems and these are the holes in them. So like, this is how we're fixing everything to get uh, to make sure that everything's everybody's on the same page and everything's consistent now. Because you know how those first weeks are when you open, like you don't even know what. The I mean, you're happening. still in it, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I I don't have you. Oh, we're nine months in, we're still figuring it out here. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. It's, um, we're just well, trying to figure out how to get like out By there. the time, in, in six weeks, we'll have like, we'll feel like we have things under control and then the students come back and then it's all Right, changes. that's why I was thinking you're going to get a reset as soon as the yeah. students come back and you, your, yeah. your whole client base could shift yeah, twice a even, year. And then our product mix can shift and, mm-hmm. you know, all that is different again. Um, and just like I said, you know, I don't even know what I'm like, I'm having to call in emergency <laughs> orders of beer and I'm like, we sold, you know, we had a group of coaches come in last night. There was some kind of a North-South football uh, game going on at the university they drank all of my beer. <laughs> you know, like my entire beer cooler was empty. Wow, man. So I was like, you know, we're, I don't even know. I, I can't keep up with orders. So it's just uh, the same with Baker. We're going through so much food over there. Poor Josh is like, dude, I don't, I, I've ordered more than I did last week. And it's, you know, man, I, I, you have my sympathies. Cause I, <laughs> I mean, I, you're, you're giving me flashbacks to the opening week of, of uh, Inferno Room where we went through so much juice the first three yeah, days. Just, we had two bartenders ready to walk out from citrus burns because they literally never even got to make a drink because our juicers weren't stop stopping. Yeah, no. Uh, we had to buy that $10,000 like Zumo juicer. Zumex, yeah. We had to because if it, everybody was ready to walk out, citrus burns up and down their arms. And that was with gloves on. Yeah. And, you know, the pine number of pineapples we were going through. I mean, still... But now we have a system. Now we've got a morning mm-hmm. prep person. We we never expected to need that. You know, to, we're yeah, a tiki bar. The city hasn't had you know a place this large anyway to get tropical drinks for for some time. So yeah, we're doing. It was a learning experience. That's we're doing for sure. burgers and, and hot dogs out of there. You know, but and like insane amounts of them. That's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. I need to swing by because I need a hot dog, man. Dude, the, the chili dogs are amazing. King the David Chicago dogs closed now, so I got nowhere to get some uh, good I hot dogs. Why did they close? Why did they close? When? I oh, know. has like, it been a while? It's been about six months for the location oh, downtown, shit. and then they had that. the airport location, and I just flew out. When we flew out to Tiki Oasis, I think it was one of their last few weeks. Oh, man. Of course, that's, that's contract bad. stuff out of the airport. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, oh, sweet. I can still get a, a, a King David dog. And um, I texted Chris, and he's like, yeah, we got one on the way, too, because he was about three hours yeah. ahead of me going to Arizona. I didn't know that they shut down. And um, he was like, yeah, get it now, because I think they're closing in a couple weeks. So, yeah, I I don't know if he just got tired, what he's got going on. It's a shame, because, you know, it's a damn good dog. I, yeah, our dogs you know. are our dogs are great. Our burgers are great. Um, I mean, 
you know, it's bologna sandwiches, dude. Yeah, hey, man, that's yeah. that's. I'm I'm excited to come try it. Congratulations again, man. I've, I've no, it's been a fun. Uh, it's been a fun three weeks. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it like hit me on Monday. Um, I got home because we're closed Thunderbird, so I I did lunch over there. Monday I went to uh, Thunderbird and uh, was putting the last bits of my orders in for the week. And uh, it was like six o'clock, and I was like, I'm fucking going to bed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went home, and I think I was asleep by nine. Well, I appreciate you like carving time out today. Oh, no, like, I know that you're good. like, because you were like, I'm leaving Jailbird now. I got to be back by five. And I was like, it's it's pushing it's it now. Yeah, it's that, exactly. Yeah, so, I got to check on the dog and. Uh, yeah, go let go let the, the dog to, out. Uh, you know, I love your dog, bird. but man, she's always growled at me every time I see her. <laughs> she dude, she doesn't. She like makes guys. me nervous. She's a she, she's uh, a bit, she's a big girl. She doesn't like guys with beards, man. Is that what it is? Yeah. If you All walk right. in with a beard, she's like, I don't, I don't know. No, she snarled at me the first time I met her. I'm like, okay. She hates Eli. <laughs> well, <laughs> easy. Um, yeah, no, easy, she's easy she's a, she's a pretty dog, man. No, yeah. she's a good she's a good girl. Yeah, I get that with my bird. Everybody wants to touch her. It's like, oh, she's so cute. I'm like, don't put your fingers near her. You'll think she's a lot less cute. Yeah, she really <laughs> only likes girls. Really, like if it's a if you're a guy and kind of bigger, she's not very cool with you. Which is crazy because you're a big guy. I know, you know, right? Yeah, but I'm like I'm her dad. Yeah, of course. Yeah, she's her. used to yeah, you, right? Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for coming back on the show again. And on, I, I'm going to swing uh, by. Yeah, by I need to come and grab a dog yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and, and and pound a beer, you know? Yeah, Nikki's in there all the time. Eric's in there all the time. Yeah, that's awesome. And again, I'm a Southside guy. So I'm yeah. glad, you know, th again, thank you for opening up another cool spot. Thank you for giving me the, the South chance. Side, I mean, this is, this is by extension a virtue of you allowing me to do Thunderbird. So <laughs> well, thank you. It's, it's a that, circle, I mean, man. I mean, we all are, we all have the same mission statement, right? Like, if we're going to yeah, live man, here, let's make know, the city and that's what why, we want uh, it to be. That's kind of why I want to throw Joey in there. You know, I was like, all right, let's give somebody else a chance to. Well, and that's how yeah. Chris ended up as an ad inferno. I mean, Chris was yeah, my yeah. you know general Black manager market. of Black Market. Yeah. And now he's a partner, and so now Joey's done the same route. It's yeah. it's fun to be able to do those things. No, I never thought twenty years ago. During, you know, that was when I met Chris. And, you know, we were managing. Well, I was managing a Buffalo Wild Wings, and he was bartending there. Never thought 20 years later we'd be sitting in the middle of a, a, a New Guinea-inspired tiki Polynesian. Right. Well, Melanesian technically, but uh, it wasn't even on the radar. No, that's, that's a cool thing about the business, though. So, uh, it is, yeah, man. I hope Joey can do that in, uh, in 10 more years. He's got uh, the, the bar back he's training now, and he's got his own bar. Awesome, man. So where can people find you on, on social media? Uh, JJ Gonzalez is about all I do. That's my Instagram. I'm Any really Jailbird? On, uh, Jailbird, uh, at Jailbird Indy on Instagram. We just... Uh, so I don't really ever get on Facebook. So we just, uh, I think Kelly just made the Facebook page today okay, for Jailbird. Cool. And, uh, so probably Jailbird Indy as well? Jailbird Indy, yeah. Right yeah, on. That's all, that's all the thing. It's been a nonstop uh, Instagram uh, story uh, for the last few weeks. So uh, come on in and, and get, a, get a hot dog and drink a beer. Still developing. Still developing, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep your eyes. You can watch yeah. how things progress. Uh, from afar if you're not an indie but um certainly we've had a few listeners come through the city and, and ask where they should go so we've got another place now to chalk up to uh the recommendation list yeah we had a bunch of guys in from chicago popped in uh, the other week um sunday cool so yeah it's, uh, it's a fun out. spot it's simple it's easy and uh and uh just a fun spot yeah fun bar all right man well again congratulations Appreciate i will it, uh, head down there tonight all right man. cheers <laughs> <laughs>